Somebody shout a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, we rejoice that we have this opportunity to come before your precious, holy, written world. Thank you, Lord, that as we fellowship in the light, there is no occasion of stumbling. We are in an environment where there is no tolerance for error. Thank you for accuracy. Thank you for precision. And thank you for revelation knowledge. We grow in grace. We grow in knowledge. Thank you that your word comes with clarity. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift those hands. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody to this great service today. Listening and watching by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're so glad to welcome all of you, social media community. What a joy to have all of you in the service. We also want to welcome the Aquaibom State community connected to this service by way of Comfort FM, Excel FM, Radio Aquaibom. Those of you connected by way of Passion FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service, guys. Do me a favor, you don't want to leave your loved ones out of this great service. Call a friend, a family member, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Our social media community, all over 2.5 billion people are waiting on Facebook alone to be flooded with the glorious light of the gospel. It's just you punching that button on your phone or on your device. That's all. Just punch it. Get the video on your page. Put them on monogram, telegram, WhatsApp groups. You know, join as many groups as possible. Let's flood the entire Blue Marble planet with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. All our campuses around the world, we're so glad to welcome all of you brothers and sisters to the service, guys. It's going to be an exciting service. Can we celebrate the word of God with a shout? Glory! Amen! Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. We began to examine the basics of direction. The basics of direction. We're going to be examining leading and perception. Leading and perception. Most times when we teach people how to be guided by God, we focus on the guidance itself. And we end up not teaching people how to receive it. And also what to do when guidance comes. We are looking at leadings and perceptions. Perception is how you know leadings. I'd like you to get that. Perception is how you know leadings. How you know leadings. In Ephesians chapter 1, Brother Paul begins to talk about uh, a revelation knowledge. Listen carefully. When God talks to man, the medium, man receives God's voice, or how man receives God's voice is revelation. How man receives God's voice is revelation. Revelation is the way you receive God's voice, or the way you receive God's instruction, or 
the way you receive God's wisdom. Revelation is the way you receive God's voice, God's instruction, or God's wisdom. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16, Brother Paul prays like this, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Next verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. When he says the spirit of wisdom and revelation, he's not talking about two things. The spirit of wisdom is revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit of wisdom is revelation in the knowledge of him. Because that means there's a disclosure. There's a disclosure. The word revelation means a disclosure. And the opposite of the word revelation is the word mystery. Mystery. Mystery is the opposite of revelation or revelation is the opposite of mystery. If you have looked at the plan of redemption, you will discover that in the plan of redemption, everything was done in a mystery. Everything in the plan of God's redemption. The Bible says everything was hidden from the foundation of the world. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Next verse. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So you see, it's that word mystery or the Greek word mysterion, where something was done like a secret. Not that it doesn't exist. It's not mysterious. Or not that we don't know whether it's there or not. It's a mystery or a secret. Jesus also said in Mark chapter 4 verse 11. And he said unto them, unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So it's given to know the mystery so the mystery can be known. It's not mysterious. It's given to know the mystery. So the mystery can be known. Meaning it's not mysterious. The book of Luke chapter 10 verse 22. All things are delivered to me of my father. And no man knoweth who the son is but the father. And who the father is but the son. And he to whom the son will reveal him. Next verse. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see these things that you see. Next verse. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So Jesus speaks about mysteries and says that it means something was hidden. That is, it was taken away from the eyes of the human mind. It was kept away from the eyes of the human mind. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 gives us further expression by brother Paul. But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard.
neither have they entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. So the word mystery just means it has not been disclosed. And Paul is saying here that the spirit of wisdom is revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Revelation in the knowledge of Christ. That is, things are now disclosed unto you. Revelation. Apocalypsis. Disclosure. Things are disclosed. So, that disclosure is revelation. Apocalypto. Revelation. The unveiling or the disclosure and what exactly is that revelation ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 what exactly is that revelation the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints that you may know that's a place to underline. That you may know. Notice, the most important events in human history are beyond human eyes. The death of Jesus, which is spiritual, even though we see him die naturally, but it is spiritual. Because in Matthew 27, 46, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Quoted from Psalm 22 verse 1. That which is a scripture about the spiritual death of Jesus. Jesus died spiritually. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Spiritual death is separation. Alright, so Jesus died spiritually. And then he became sin for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 God made him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Then the Bible says he died together with us. He died together with us. We were raised together with Jesus. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, 5 and 6 even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together. Quickened us together. Because we died together. So he quickened us together. And raised us up together. And made us sit together. Alright? So he died our death. We were quickened with Jesus. And if we were quickened with Jesus, it means Jesus died. Because only someone who dies can be quickened. Alright, so Jesus was quickened spiritually. That means Jesus too partook of spiritual death. Jesus partook of spiritual death. Most important things were hidden. Satan wasn't there. Satan doesn't even know about it. <laughs> they were hidden from him. Had the princes of this world known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. You see that? If they had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because it was hidden from them. Alright? It, it was a mystery to them. Glory to God. It was a mystery. What happened on the cross? What happened three days and three nights in hell? What happened when Jesus rose from the dead? All are mystery to the natural eye. 
the natural eye can see, can't decode, can't explain what actually took place. It took the Holy Spirit to reveal to a man called Brother Paul to understand exactly what happened to Jesus. It took the Holy Spirit. So that shows you that the word revelation deals with something the eyes cannot capture. Something the human eyes cannot capture. If the eyes cannot capture it, then the mind cannot capture it. If the eyes cannot capture it, then the mind cannot capture it. So he says that the eyes of your understanding are now enlightened. How are the eyes of your understanding enlightened? By revelation. By revelation. So revelation is a communication of an information from the spirit to the mind. Revelation is a communication of an information from the spirit to the mind. That's what revelation is. The communication of an information from the spirit to the mind. When an information comes from the spirit to the mind is called revelation from the spirit to the mind when it comes from outside to the mind is called education when it comes from outside to the mind is called education when it comes from the spirit to the mind is called revelation education is what comes through the five physical senses where you receive sense knowledge sense knowledge into the mind five physical senses where you receive sense knowledge into the mind education is good education is why i can communicate in english to you if i didn't go to school i wouldn't have the qualification to stand before you right now no matter how deep i am in the word of god i won't have the vehicle of transferring what i know so it's good my father sent me to school. And it's good I paid attention in school. And it's good you pay attention in school too if you're in school. Don't play with your school. Don't say it's just canal knowledge. <laughs> you need canal knowledge to communicate with canal men. The gospel is supposed to be preached to canal men. Now, the information that will cause you to grow spiritually is not information you get from outside. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. because all that happened from the cross to the throne cannot be seen from outside so it's not going to make no information from outside will make you grow spiritually which means education cannot produce spiritual growth education cannot produce spiritual growth it's revelation knowledge that produces spiritual growth the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, put it up for me. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. So we don't know things after the flesh. We know things from the Spirit. So revelation is from the spirit to the mind. In John chapter 16 verse 12, it shows you the importance of revelation. John chapter 16 verse 12, Jesus speaking to the disciples and he said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot 
bear them now. He says you cannot receive them now. Verse 13. How be it, when he the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit was to communicate those things to them. They were to be communicated by the Holy Spirit. So the issue now is capacity. The capacity to receive the information that is God has things to say. God has something to say. <laughs> you know that song? Listen, listen. Pay good attention for God has something to say. You know this one. But you don't know you will be sorry. You worry at all. <laughs> Glory to God. God has things to say. But it will take the Holy Spirit to give that information to you. To you in your mind. Now, and that information comes to your mind as revelation. That is, something is disclosed to your mind. Something that was hidden from your mind is disclosed to your mind by the Spirit. So, revelation is the communication of the Spirit to the mind. The communication of the Spirit to the mind. He says, you cannot bear them now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Brother Paul makes two distinctions. Pay attention. But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. I love the word prepared. The word prepared means there's a plan, there's a purpose, and there's a vision. There's a plan, there's a purpose, and there's a vision. But eyes have not seen the plan. Eyes have not seen the purpose. Eyes have not seen the vision. The mind cannot conceive them. Because the eyes have not seen them. Your mind can only conceive what your eyes can see. What your ears can hear. And I'm talking about the five senses. Because the mind feeds from the five senses naturally. But revelation is when the spirit bypasses the senses and discloses something to your understanding that the senses couldn't fathom. That's what we call revelation. The mind depends on the senses. Eyes, ears, feel, touch, taste. There are four ways man gets information. What he sees, what he imagines, what he hears, what he feels. What he sees, what he imagines, what he hears, and what he feels. And he says that these informations are not gotten through those channels that are common to man. Then in chapter 2, Paul puts it like this. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God hath revealed them by his spirit. So eyes couldn't see them, ears couldn't hear them, and the mind couldn't conceive, 
but God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. That is, the spirit now communicates them to the eyes and to the mind and to the ears. The spirit now communicates those things to the mind, to the eyes, and to the ears. And that communication from the spirit to the mind and to the senses is called revelation. Actually, it is superior knowledge. It is superior knowledge or higher knowledge. Superior knowledge or higher knowledge. Not subjective not subjective, but superior. God had revealed them to us by the Spirit. The deep things of God. Observe, things, plural, not singular. The deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. So the spirit is given for us to know. The word know. The word know there is a word oida. It means to be aware. So it's not God doing something new. It is what God has done comes to you anew. It is not God doing something new. It is what God has already done that comes to you anew. There's nothing God is doing anymore. He's already done. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So that we might know the things given to us of God. Look at verse 12, 13 of that same First Corinthians 2. Now we have received, received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know. That's why we receive the Spirit of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God. Why? That we might know. That we might know. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Things are freely given to us of God. Things in plural. So it's not one thing. It's things. Every time you see the word things used in the New Testament, it has to do with activities, words, and information. Activities, words, an information. Look at verse 13 of the same chapter where we're reading. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The word comparing is the word interpreting. Interpreting spiritual things with spiritual. Comparing there is better translated to interpret. That is interpreting spiritual things to the spiritual. Because he's talking about capacity to receive information there. So spiritual things with spiritual. That is spiritual information with spiritual persons. 
Did you get that? Spiritual information with spiritual presence. Spiritual information is given to a spiritual person. You don't give spiritual information to a natural person, except you want to render him a barbarian, which he already is. The one who has the Holy Spirit, spiritual person. That's 14 of the same chapter. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man is the man that is not born again. So the problem with natural man is the modus operandi of the information. The man that is not born again cannot. He lacks the capacity or the medium to receive. He cannot see. He cannot hear. He cannot perceive spiritual things because... So because he can't perceive it, he can't see it, he can't conceive it, it becomes foolishness. It becomes foolishness. <laughs> you understand? It becomes foolishness. It is not foolishness. It is only foolishness because he lacks the capacity to receive them. And so since he can't receive them, he can't know them, so they look foolish to him. Now, so the born again man has the Holy Spirit. That is how he receives the things of God. He has the Holy Spirit. That is how he receives the things of God. Now, verse 15 of that same chapter. I love that chapter. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judge of no man. The word judge means to examine. He examines or to know. Verse 16. Oh, glory to God. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So Paul establishes something that we have capacity because of the spirit. To know or to be aware. The word oida. Aware where you have intuition. Intuition or what we call untaught knowledge untaught knowledge intuition knowledge that is not taught you just know <laughs> intuition okay untaught knowledge that is an intuition or something you are aware of first corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 and i brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto canal even as unto babes in christ in chapter 2 brother paul has done a distinction between the man that is born again and the natural man or the man that is not born again he says the man who is not born again is a natural man and cannot discern the things of the spirit of god because that man lives in the senses he lives in what I feel, what I smell, what I taste, and what happens around. And he is ruled by these elements. He is ruled by his feelings. He is ruled by circumstances. He is controlled by situations. He is controlled by the mundane. I feel God is good. I don't feel God is not good. I feel I am sick. 
Okay, I don't feel again. I am healed. He's controlled by the senses. The natural man. He is living the mundane. He is living below the elements. So elements control him. Circumstances control him. He doesn't know what he wants to do until the circumstances tells him what to do. That man is a natural man. He is living below the senses, controlled by the senses. He is living the lower, not just the lower life. He is living the bottom life. That's the natural man. Then he says that the man that is born again lives in the spirit and knows the things that are given to us of God. He lives in the superior realm. Superior to feelings, superior to circumstances, superior to situations. So things don't move him, circumstances don't move him, situations don't move him. He has knowledge that is superior to all of them. Rather, from up there, he controls feelings. He controls circumstances and situations. He is living the superior life, or what we call the higher life. He says, we know. That is, he gives us a collective word there. Look at that First Corinthians chapter 3 again, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Whoa. So he now comes to practice. His audience are born again folks. Did you observe? And I, brethren, I, brethren, these are believers, born again people. What is spiritual from the context of our reading? Information and persons. Information and persons. You know, comparing spiritual with spiritual. Information to spiritual people. Spiritual information. Okay, now. So, you have the spiritual capacity. He says, I cannot speak to you as unto spiritual. That is, you have the Holy Ghost, you have capacity, but I couldn't get the message to you somehow. Do you understand? You have the spirit, you have capacity, you are born of God. But somehow, I couldn't get the information, spiritual information, to the spiritual person. I couldn't speak unto you as unto spiritual. The man born again is spiritual because he has the Holy Spirit. He is spiritual. But Paul says, I couldn't get it to you. And you know the word canal. <laughs> When he says, I couldn't speak unto you, but as unto carnal, the word carnal actually means natural man. Natural man. The man that is not born again. So carnal there is similar to the natural man. He now says, I'm talking to people who have the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to people who are born again. I'm talking to people who are regenerated. I'm talking to people who possess the higher life. I'm talking to people that have the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking to them as though they have not the Holy Spirit. He says, even as unto babes in Christ, that's the dilemma there. The word babes is where you have the word nepios. Nepios in the Greek, nepios. Nepios means somebody has not been developed. 
That is, he has not been developed in the things of God, so he is a nepios, even as unto babes in Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. When you have the word milk often in scriptural application. You know, the law of Moses was referred to as milk. And the parables of Jesus were referred to as milk. It refers to a mode of communication. It's a mode of communication. Where you use the natural to explain the spiritual. Alright, milk. Using the natural to explain the spiritual. It's not the word of God that is milk. Uh-uh. It's not the word that is milk. It is the communication that is the milk. The mode of communication. So, I have fed you with milk. So, which refers to a mode of communication in that context. With milk, not with meat. So, Paul's mode of communication, milk, is similar to what Jesus said. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. <laughs> you cannot bear them now. He said, neither are ye able. The difference there is, in John 16, Jesus was speaking to people that have not received the Holy Spirit yet. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is talking to people that have received the Spirit. Because in this context, the Holy Ghost is in these folks in the church at Corinth. Because in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, he says what? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So these guys are the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, he talks about collectively and individually that they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, they have received the Holy Spirit, but still, they are not yet capable of receiving spiritual stuff. It's almost as though they function like the disciples of Jesus in the four Gospels. Why? He gives us a reason. For for look at that first corinthians chapter 3 verse 2 now i have fed you with milk and not with meat for hitherto you are not able to bear it. neither yet now are you able verse 3 for you are yet carnal that's the reason for you are yet carnal that's a word like you are still in the flesh <laughs> because a believer cannot be carnal if you are carnal, you are not a believer. It's like saying, a living man, you look at him and say, you are dead. A man that is moving can be dead. If he's dead, he can be moving. So, now brother Paul, I love brother Paul. You love brother Paul? Okay, I love brother Paul. I love the way he uses words. Okay, now, so, he says you are carnal. Because the word carnal means you are natural. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 8. Please pay attention. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That is those that are natural in the flesh. Now, in order for you to understand the context of all of this discourse, Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them 
which are in Christ Jesus, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death, verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, next verse, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He makes it clear here. Now look at the next verse. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Next verse. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Next verse. Because... The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Next verse. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Next verse. But you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So that word, carnally minded. The believer cannot be in the flesh. So Paul now, calling them carnal, is using a figure of speech. Oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. It's a figure of speech. An oxymoron is to use an animal, object, or a person to explain an action or a present state. That's an oxymoron. Okay, in case you want to make the notes, you miss them in school. I can give it back to you now. An oxymoron is to use an animal, object, a person to explain an action or a present state. English literature, right? An oxymoron is to use an animal, an object, a person to explain an action or a present state. For example, if I say, why are you behaving like a dog? Now, all you had is he called me a dog. <laughs> but I didn't call you a dog. It shows your IQ is very low. If your IQ were to be high and I said, why are you behaving like a dog? You will not hear dog. You will check what you did that resembles the action of a dog. I'm not insulting you. I'm waking up your intelligence. I'm, I'm knocking at your intelligence box. You are better than this. That's what I'm actually saying. They will get angry. You call me a dog. You call me a dog. How can a man of God call me a dog? No, 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 no. I didn't call you a dog. I said you're better than your behavior because your behavior is behavior that dogs carry out. And you're not a dog. What I'm doing is I'm telling you you're better than this. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's a figure of speech, not an insult. It's an oxymoron. Oxymoron means to use a figure of speech to explain an action. But now... You use opposites. Yeah, you use opposites. Where you now say something like, someone beats his wife. Not in this church. Not in this church. Nobody in this church beats his wife. When that man without beats his wife, we say he is animalistic. You are animalistic. 
Why are you beating your wife? That's an oxymoron. We didn't say you're an animal. It shows he is not an animal in the real sense of it. But there's something he has done that is animalistic. So we can call him an animal. That man is an animal. We're not saying he is doing meh. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that there is a behavior that only animals exhibit that somehow found its way through him. You're not hearing me at all. <laughs> so the man is born again. He has the spirit of God, but he has some threats in his conduct that makes us call him carnal. He has some threats in his conduct. He is not carnal in the sense of his nature and in the sense of his constituents. But his conduct gives him away from that description. He still has the Holy Spirit. But the man who is carnal does not have the Holy Spirit. But this guy has the Holy Spirit. The only thing is that we see something in him that doesn't look like the Holy Spirit. But he has the Holy Spirit. Now, what Paul does here is to use what we call an oxymoron to communicate to these people. So, oxymoron is when you use opposites. Are you not carnal? He just told them that they have the Holy Spirit. He calls them brethren. Then he says, are you not carnal? That is, he uses opposites to explain a conduct. In other words, a believer can function like he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. And when he functions like that, you wonder. Watch this. Paul now said, I could therefore not feed you with meat. I couldn't give you meat. I couldn't use superior mode of communication to talk to you. I had to downstep my communication and ask you why are you behaving like a dog you're not a dog but that's the only way you could understand what i'm implying good teaching now there are so many things the man that is carnal will not hear when i'm teaching a carnal man we say are you now saying uh -huh. those are carnal people when we say you are eternally saved, a Canaan will say, how can you say you are eternally saved? When Judas lost his salvation, we lose salvation many times a day. That's carnality. That's carnality. Look, when Paul called the church at Corinth Canal, he didn't look at their faces. How can you call an entire congregation of thousands canal? When it comes to doctrinal issue, we don't look at people's faces. We stay with the text. We stay with the text. Though he has the Holy Spirit, but he will hear them. And there are many things he will not receive. He cannot receive that a believer is eternally saved. He's canal. He cannot receive that a believer has the Holy Spirit forever. He can't receive it. So that's why he keeps saying, 
Take not away your spirit from me. He can't receive the fact that the entire Holy Spirit came on your insider salvation. That right now you're possessed of God. A carnal man can't receive that. There are many things that will be passed across to him, but he will not bear them. Did you get that? He will not what? He will not bear them. Though he has the Holy Spirit, he has the capacity to receive them, but because of the position that he has taken in his lifestyle, did you get that? Because of the position that he has taken in his lifetime, it makes it difficult for information to get across to him. He has taken a position where spiritual information cannot get across to him. So when it comes to leading of the spirit, there is a position you can take that you can act as though you don't have the Holy Spirit. And you will live confused all the days of your life. There's a position you can take where the spirit can get information to you and then you live confused all the days of his life. He says, why? He says, for you are yet carnal. You know, are you not yet carnal? Those are rhetorical questions. Your work, your conduct, like natural men. If someone has the Holy Spirit and his conduct is like every other man on the street, you understand? He has the Holy Spirit, but his conduct is like every other person on the street. He is like an area boy. He has the Holy Spirit too. But when you see him among unbelievers, there's no difference. They are nasty. He is also nasty. All of them are the same. But he has the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit, but they are functioning together. Their work, their conduct is the same. Okay? Now, stay with me. There are people like that. There are people like that. Have you come across people like that? See, and they say he's a Christian. The problem is he is being influenced from outside. He is being influenced from outside. He is not getting influence from inside. He is an outside-in person, not an inside-out person. So his conduct shows as though he is from the outside. That shows something there. Now, if you are writing, this is the one to write in capital letters, that your influence is your lifestyle. Your influence is your lifestyle. That is where you are influenced is your lifestyle or your lifestyle is where you are influenced i have told you man is a product of influence everything you're doing today even the way you are writing right now the way you're holding that your pen and the way you are keeping it on that paper did somebody influence you to write like that somebody whether you knew when or not you must have seen somebody did, did they burn you with a biro? How many of you were born with a pen? Some of you, when you came out, your hands were like this. Is it not true? Your hands were like this. They had to open it for you. And they had to teach you how to hold a pen and how to write. Somebody influenced you. Say, no, me, I'm writing my own. is a lie. Somebody... <laughs> Even the way you eat, somebody influenced it. 
Somebody influenced you. If you sat around somebody who eats carelessly, you too eat carelessly. And you are talking. <laughs> you know, as I was coming, I, I, I met somebody on the right. Somebody influenced you to eat like that. Somebody you value, somebody you respect. Because it's, it's when you respect and value people that they're able to influence you. You admire them. So what they do naturally, you want to do like that. You want to talk the way they talk. You want to walk the way they walk. Even if you are not designed to walk like that, you force yourself to walk like that because you want to behave like them. When you admire people, when you value people, you want to copy what they do. So every human being is a product of influence. You're either influenced negatively or positively. So, your spiritual capacity, therefore, can be different from the empowerment God gave you. God has given you the Holy Spirit, but you can live your life without the Holy Spirit. God has given you the Holy Spirit, but you can live your life without the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is saying there. You can live your life as though you don't have the Holy Spirit. Now look at Romans chapter 8 verse 14, 15 and 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Next verse. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Next verse. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we are the children of God where? In our spirits. We are the children of God in our spirits. Now look at Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. Your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. That's not burdensome until you get to verse 2. <laughs> what does he call you in Romans chapter 8 verse 14 as many as are led so you are led once you are born again you are a led man you are a led man that's your status you are a led man you are led by the spirit of God you are a son of God therefore sons of God are those that are led so every child of God inherent within you is leading. No child of God is without direction. No child of God. You are, it's in your DNA. You are led by the Spirit. The Spirit bears witness with your spirit. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father. There's evidence to say you are a child of God, and that evidence is the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit in you is the evidence that you are a child of God. So now, Romans 12, 2 now says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word proof there is the word acknowledge. That you may acknowledge. The word proof. Now, what is the will of God? 
The will of God is Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That's the will of God. The will of God is that you are led because you are a son of God. That's the will of God. The will of God is that you have received the spirit of adoption. The will of God is that the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. That's the will of God. That is, within your spirit, you are a child of God. But Romans 12, 2 says, if your mind is not renewed, he says you will act like you are from this world. If your mind is not renewed, you will act like you are from this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. He uses two words there. The word somopho, somopho, and the word metamorpho, somopho, and metamorpho, somopho, conform, transform, metamorpho, where you have metamorphosis, metamorpho, somopho means to adapt to another environment. Do not allow the world adapt you into their environment because you don't belong to their environment. To adapt into another environment. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. Don't let them squeeze you into their mold. Don't. Don't let them squeeze you into their mouth. Why? Because you are not of this world. In other words, he's saying, do not be adapted to another environment. It means it's an abuse of original purpose. It's an abuse. If you allow them squeeze you into their lifestyle, you have allowed them to abuse your original purpose. It's like my cell phone. And I love Samsung. My Samsung phone was not designed for eating yam. But if I take this phone now and I push it into yam and I scoop yam to eat, I have abused the purpose for this phone. There's something that was designed for eating yam. It's called fork. But now you take Samsung phone and you scoop yam to eat. You've abused the phone. Because the phone was not designed for eating yam. You are not of this world, but you are in this world. So when you allow this world squeeze you into their pattern, you have allowed them to abuse the purpose of God for your creation. You've allowed them to abuse God's purpose for your creation. Your original intent is abused. You are not designed to be squeezed into the way this world operates. He's saying, do not conform yourself to this world. If Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, it means you can be conformed. It means you can be conformed. That means you cannot be conformed because when you are conformed, you will act as though you don't have the Holy Spirit. So brother Paul lets us know that there's a lot of work. That's why the Pauline prayer, I cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom that is revelation where 
in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding be flooded with light that you may know that you are in this world but you are not of this world you may know the hope of your calling you may know your intent your purpose your plan your design the will of god for you that you may know and that will only come when your mind receives information from your spirit called revelation the eyes of your understanding being enlightened it is called the renewing of the mind when your eyes are enlightened it is the renewing of the mind now so we have always thought that the renewing of the mind is by the word of god no the renewing of the mind is not by the word of God. The renewing of the mind is by the spirit. The renewing of the mind is by the spirit. It's by revelation. Your mind is only renewed by revelation from your spirit. Your spirit illuminates your mind. That is where renewal takes place. The spirit renews the mind. Remember... That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So is the spirit that renews the mind in the world. And we will see that later. Is the spirit that renews the mind in the world. I have fed you with milk, not with meat. I tried to bring revelation, but you couldn't bear it. Even though you are brethren. And I brethren. Could not speak unto you that is why the book of corinthians is written the way it is written and a lot of nepiosis you know nepiosis a lot of nepiosis and idiotis will now say how can you condemn communion how can you condemn communion even brother paul in first corinthians they do not remember that corinthian is a church where i could not speak unto you as unto spiritual it's a church where carnal men are being taught so everything taught in Corinthian is natural elements used to teach spiritual things because of their state. It's not a practice for the church. Stand up, let's close. I don't know if you got what I just said. Of all places, you want to use communion to argue with me and you go to Corinthian. You have finished yourself now. You have told me you are in the pios. Why are you quoting Corinthians for me? There are other books you should be quoting. You carry me to Corinth. We start from chapter 3 now. Before we get to chapter 11, we start from chapter 3. So we can say on the way to 11. On the way to where? To 11. What will you meet on the way to 11? 3. I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual. That informs why I spoke the way I spoke in 11. I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So because of that, my mode of speaking will be determined by your state. So when I'm talking about bread and wine in chapter 11, it is still part of the milk in communication. Because what I'm talking about is not bread and wine. What I'm talking about is the unity of the church. How brethren ought to take care of one another. Because we are one bread and one wine. But because we are not doing that, people are dying. People are weak. People are sick. So in order for me to communicate those realities, I have to use bread and wine as an analogy to feed those that are babes.
So on the way to 11, where do you arrive at? You arrive at 3. Grab somebody, let's pray for two, three minutes. Grab somebody, grab your neighbor. Lego Shaka Mena, Mendale de Bozaka Yanamaha, Engele de Bozaka, Lebro da Saka Yatatalada. Pray for your neighbor that the eyes of his understanding, the eyes of our understanding, be flooded with light, revelation, knowledge. Let the spirit bring information to the mind and cause the mind to live superior. Lago Sheke Bato, Lengra Gadozeke, Agalatobea, Lebra Gadozeke, Mambra Gadamele, Angele Rebosha, Angaletore, 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 Agayanege, Ayagananga, Ayaganege, Ayangananga, Agaladaba, Agaretesa, Agaretesa, Agalenema, Agalenema, Agaratose, Zigo Zaka. Zigo Zaka. Zigo Zaka. Zigo Zaka. Place your two hands on your head and pray for your own self right now. That the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge. That the Spirit of God illuminates my mind. Illuminates my mind. My mind is illuminated by the Word of God. By the Spirit of God. The eyes of my understanding flooded with light. That I may know. That I may know the hope of my calling. That I may know the riches of my inheritance, that I may know the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand. Lego Shayana, 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 Yata Roga Sobea Rega Sobea Roga Sobea Roga Sobea Roga Sobea Thank you Father Praise you Father In the name of Jesus and I decree and declare wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice revelation knowledge like never before the eyes of your understanding being flooded with light. You walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. You're fruitful unto every good walk in the name of Jesus. You will not walk in the mundane. You will not be led by the senses. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not by the sensory perception. We walk by the spirit. We are led by the spirit. We live in the spirit. We function in the spirit. And the spirit is superior to the natural. I decree that circumstances bow before you. Situations bow before you. You know what to do to deal with the situations of life. You have solution. You have direction. You have clarity by the spirit of God. You know what to do in the name of Jesus. You have answers to questions. You have solution to complications. 
you have solution to complications you know what to do with the issues of life you guide your affairs wisely in this life you make your way prosperous you have good success hey you have good success hey you have good success hey you have good success your steps are ordered by the lord you excel in life you live a victorious life you live a life of victory you live a life of triumph in this world you live a life that is above above elements above circumstances above situations above feelings in the name of jesus you live the higher life great grace is upon you great grace is upon you in jesus precious name can i hear that amen on a note of finality somebody shouted three times i live the higher life two more times one more time tell me i live a victorious life over circumstances over situations over my feelings i'm not moved by my feelings i'm only moved by the word of god i'm not moved by what i feel you become a man that is led by the spirit you live an intentional life not an accidental life no 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 say with me my life is not an accident i'm living intentionally designed pre-planned by god therefore joy is not an option peace is not an option worry does not exist in the design fear does not exist in the plan pressure does not exist in the plan peace pleasantness joy in the holy ghost is what exists in the plan i live an intentional life not an accidental life now if you believe it go ahead and celebrate it is that how you celebrate the good life celebrate the good life celebrate the good life celebrate the better life celebrate the best life glory glory my life is not accidental my life is intentional i live a deliberate life i wake up deliberately i sleep deliberately i go out of my house intentionally i engage in business deliberately and i have solutions i have answers i know what to do Therefore, victory for me is not an option. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Who I tell you, man. I want to take up your honor offering. Let's give so I can join Mr. Michael Bush for Ask the Counselor. Glory to God. Honor offerings, those of you online, the banking leaders are scrolling. Those of you on television, the banking leaders are scrolling. And radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush will read the bank accounts for you. Lift up your offerings. Father, we rejoice. We honor Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege of honoring the teaching of your word. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. And we give you praise and glory and honor for the blessing in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality listen we're not signing you off because we're joining ask the counselor in a few minutes so we wanted to give and just stay with us it's going to be exciting in ask the counselor we trust that you have been blessed by this message for these 
all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. Excited to welcome you right from the headquarters, the global headquarters of Power City International, right here in New York. And Papa is already on set. Papa, of course, is Dr. Edel Damina. Mr. Bush. Right, the global Papa. Mr. Bush, you are happening <laughs> all over this Facebook. Everybody is shouting Mr. Bush's outfit. Papa, what all did I do again? C -C -C, all over <laughs> Everybody is shouting Papa, Mr. Bush's outfit. Papa, they should at least shout me for that one now. Since I, I don't know Greek, I don't know the I other thing. Our... <laughs> Papa, so nice to see you. Nice to Papa, see you. Papa, um, I just want us to quickly launch it. Uh, my sure. name is Michael Bush, uh, my producer, complete with the production team. All join me to welcome you formally to this edition of the program. Boya is uh, a part, is the capital, just as uh, Uyo is the capital of Kwaibo. Uh, Boya is the capital of Southwest Province in the Republic of Cameroon, okay. the part of Cameroon where I spent all of 20 years. Wow. So I'm excited that somebody has written from, from there. The name is Yeto Franklin from Cameroon, precisely Boya Town. I've been following your teachings all this while, Papa, and they are very, very interesting. So I have some questions to ask for more understanding. So in which name should we baptize? Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Secondly, can one baptize twice? Thirdly, is it sinful to masturbate when you have been seduced by your wife? only for her to turn around and refuse to have sexual intercourse with you? Fourthly, is it sinful for women to wear trousers, earrings, bangles, chain, mesh, and um, any attachment on their heads? So I'll be very happy if my questions are answered. Um, this has brought untold problems in my family. Thank okay. you, more grace. Oh my goodness, where do we start from? What you're asking is like pre-nursery class. Mm. Where do we start True. from? True. It's really Basic. pre far, mm. far, far. Now look, this is what, what we are I'm going to encourage you to do. I think you should just order for Soteria season one. Season one Soteria. And listen to that whole 35 hours of teaching. All these questions will be properly answered. Properly answered. You know, my advice is this. If you are not, in a, if you are not just looking for a hit and run, you want to be well taught, my advice is first of all, go through fundamentals. You know, study, check, and all of that. And go through the teachings for 35 hours. It will give you a basic foundation. Then from there we can begin to explain to you the things you are asking. Because you already have a foundation. If not, we may just end up giving you what will confuse you the more. 
Seretse Muima, who writes from Limpopo in Modimole, South Africa. Papa has four questions, and he says, Papa and Mr. Bush, our uncle, Genesis 12:2, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Papa, you taught us that God does not curse. Could the mode of communication um, be the problem here in this text? Yeah, that could be the, that could be the problem. You know, the mode of communication, there's Genesis no cause. Yes, there's, there's no, no cause. cause. Okay. Even in the Ten Commandments, there's no cause, because God never causes. So, it's again the way the writer wrote it. Okay, so we continue, still from Serese in um, South Africa. Papa, Genesis 24, 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, his eyes and saw the place afar off. Papa, could this text be referring to Abraham seeing the resurrection of Christ in typology, including Genesis 22, 14? Yes, Genesis 20, 22 was the entire drama. Abraham just was trying to prove to himself that he has understood the message of the resurrection. So that's all that drama. It was Abraham proving to himself what he has understood because the gospel was preached to Abraham according to Galatians chapter 3 verse 8. So it was Abraham, you know, proving himself that he has understood the message. And yes, it was very obvious that he understood because when they got to Mount Moriah, at the place where he wanted to put Isaac on the altar, he had the voice which said to him, Abraham, don't touch your son. Behold, a ram. And that's where he saw Jesus in typology. Let me just do, um, you know, a round off with um, Simon Serese Moima in South Africa. Papa, number three from him. Papa is singing worship. What is worship in the New Testament? Worship in the New Testament is not a song. Worship in the New Testament is your view of God. How do you see God? Because Jesus said the time cometh and now is when true worshippers shall worship in spirit and in truth. So the revelation of God in Christ is New Testament worship. Philippians 3.3 3, We are the circumcision that worship God in the spirit and have no confidence in the flesh and we rejoice in God our Savior. So your revelation of God in Christ is the worship in the New Testament. However, when you see God in Christ, the words that you use in worship will be shaped by what you see of God in Christ. Okay, so Simon continues, but I hear the first caller is here. I promised that I was going to take a first call, and I cannot but um, fulfill that promise. Hello, thank you for joining us. Where are you calling from? Hello, I'm God, sir. Calling from Stephen. Calling from? Mr. Ibum. Mr. Ibum. Okay, Mr. Ibum. Mr. Okay, go ahead, brother. In first Samuel chapter. Um, 20, chapter 28. Um, the rich woman that called for those to raise Samuel up. Was it Samuel that came out? Is that the witch of Endor? Hello? Are, are you talking about the witch of Endor? Yeah, yeah, yes. No, it was not. It was witchcraft. It was uh, necromancing, soothsaying, divination. That's what happened there. It was not Samuel. Right now from Cape Town, just to add with illustration, very true, we work out our salvation and not for our salvation as Dr. Eber was preaching tonight. So we work out what is already there so that it becomes prominent and clearly well defined. Like um, as with human beings, we all have six pack whether fat or thin, but when we go to gym, we work out that six pack which is hidden in the fat. Six pack is somewhere in there, so we work it out to be visible. Hence it is called going to the gym to work out, to work those muscles out to prominence. The same with salvation. Once you are saved, then you then work it out by letting the word dwell in you richly and by fellowship with Christ Jesus. J.D. Dyer from Cape Town, South Africa. Fantastic. Okay, he Fantastic. understands. Fantastic. Okay, so quickly, from South Africa, let's come back to Abuja, Nigeria. 
um, Dr. Damina and Brother Louis Okonkwo from Abuja. I came across a teaching that contradicts your position on water baptism. The author of the state teaching made references to the scripture to support his point that spirit baptism has not replaced water baptism. Kindly answer the question and answer session this evening for it should be water session, a question and answer session this evening for the benefit of all. You are without doubt a blessing to our generation. May the Lord increase you in wisdom and understanding. Well, I don't know what the man thought, so I, I can't really comment on what somebody thought. Okay, that I don't. Delta States, here we come. Uh, Papa, my name is Obire Ogenewari from Delta States, uh, a pastor that uh, operating with the Spirit of God at the beginning. Along the way, he changed to deceiving people just for money and started preaching himself, no longer Christ. So my question is, this kind of pastor, if he dies while still preaching all this um, rubbish, that's your language, will he be safe to go to heaven? Since one safety is safe forever, because before he started preaching money and other earthly things, he was um, saved before he changed along the way. God bless you, sir. And that's what Brother Paul was talking about in First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. 27. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cast away. The word cast away there means disqualified from reward. So if a pastor is preaching selfish gospel and looking for how to cheat people and manipulate people, he has no reward for ministry. When we get to heaven, it will be like he never did ministry. But salvation is a gift. So there's a gift between reward and salvation. Reward is for ministry. Salvation is what Christ gifts to us. There's anonymous entry. Papa, thank you for the revelation. I wonder where we would all be without this revelation knowledge God gave us through you, the man of God. I've realized through your teachings that knowledge is life, Papa. So I have to know more and more and more to live. I've realized that this precise, exact, accurate revelation knowledge is ours. Is our provider, is our protector, is our savior, is our strength, is our ability, is our healer. And Papa, thank you for teaching me that my relationship with God is eternal. Papa, can you please explain Genesis 2, 2 to 3? Let's just hold this and take this caller. Hello. Hello. That line is struggling. It's, 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 uh, it's I have terrible. a call from Spain. From Spain. Okay, Pastor Papa. Ernest, I think. Okay. Um, hello. Hello? Oh, oh no. We'll okay, we'll, we'll try and see. We'll, we'll, we'll try and see. I don't know. He uh, Papa from Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Papa, Spain. do we pray for everything? Like Pastor Joel Austin was uh, telling a story how the father, when they were far younger, the father driving them in a car and they just stepping out to look at something and they came back. The father locked the car with the keys inside. <laughs> and the father, rather than look for a way to open the car, started praying and praying and praying and praying. <laughs> and he prayed and prayed. And they were all laughing at the father. Why are you doing that? And then finally, finally, just the prayer opened to me. <laughs> maybe the father. Maybe so, the father. <laughs> so perhaps we have to pray for our I own think so. life. We pray for that life. <laughs> There's a caller. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Where are you calling from? Your name? Pastor Enes calling from Spain. Hello. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say thank you, Michael Foods, and big uh, thanks to Daddy. Hello. I just want to say big thanks for opening the people's eyes as you can see. The word of God is made to feel today that the eyes of the people are open, they are lightened. And Papa is making people know what he's using. 
Thank you, Pastor Ernest in Spain. We, you know, I think the, the lions are just waiting for Papa to speak to, a word. To pray that prayer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, yes, Papa, so in, in, that, in that sort of situation, what do Christians do? Well, you just, it depends. You discern. Okay. You discern the situation. If it requires prayer, you pray. Because sometimes the devil it's can also sword. play yeah, around sword. with things. So, but this one requires what, Papa? No, this one, the, the technical man needs to fight <laughs> Okay. This one is the guy on the sound that needs to find tune the sound instrument. Okay, so Papa, um, <laughs> so I hear them. Okay, the there was Genesis two two. Yes, sure, that's and what I asked for. There was a family we were supposed to pray, to pray for. for. Yes, but let's start with Genesis two two. two. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. Verse three, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. This must be somebody trying to find out about Sabbath. Mm. That's all He's trying. Well, the rest was figurative in genesis 2 of what christ will do for us so today the salvation that christ has provided is our rest so when you believe in christ and receive what christ has done you enter into rest and that rest is not a day that rest is a person his name is jesus my name is emmanuel namuko i'm a pastor right from potakot past papa dr damina thank you so much for the clarity which you continually bring to the word of god you are leading light in the gospel campaign globally. The Lord bless you greatly, sir. My question, sir. One, what should a minister focus on in Bible study as this is our message to the flock? A minister should focus on Christ. The message is Christ. The entire Bible is the book of Jesus. And a preacher is supposed to preach the gospel of Christ. It is called the kerugma. Kerugma is the Greek word for specific information. Brother Paul says when we came... We did not come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but we came in the demonstration of the, of the power of God. That power is the gospel. Brother Paul says, when we came among you, we desired to know nothing, save Christ and him crucified. Galatians 1.6, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him who has called you into the, gospel, into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So the, a preacher should stay for the rest of his life preaching Christ, the death, the burial and the resurrection that's the kerugma of the gospel we continue with him his second question is many ministers pride themselves as being general overseers general preachers and practitioners of everything written in the bible as the word of god papa what do you say to that well there is no there's nothing like general practitioner we just have a specific message a kerugma so as a minister of the gospel that is what all of us are supposed to preach you know mr bush a muslim said if what the christians are preaching is from god it should be the same because if it is god it should be the same everywhere once it starts changing somebody is lying because god is the same everywhere and that's very instructive if the gospel is the the message of christ it should be the same everywhere and if you read the book of acts chapter 2 chapter 3 chapter 5 chapter 7 chapter 8 chapter 9 chapter 10 chapter 13 all the first sermons in the book of acts all of them were christ died he was buried he rose Christ died, all the messages in the book of Acts, that's instructive. So a preacher of the gospel should be always found preaching that specific information because consistency is the character of truth. 
Still from Pastor Emmanuel Nabuko in Portaco River State, Nigeria, kindly shed more light on the necessity of doctrine for a minister so as to shun doing ministry solely on the premise that the Spirit told me. Thank you, sir, for helping me and other ministers immensely. Your reward is great in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thank you. A minister of the gospel must pay attention to doctrine. The Bible says, take it to yourself and to the doctrine. Second Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, the breath of the Holy Ghost, and they are profitable for doctrine. The spirit of God can never lead you to do what is contrary to the written word. The written word is a yardstick for checkmating what the spirit says and what the spirit is making you feel and what the spirit is wanting you to do. So a preacher must develop himself in sound, the Greek word hugaino, sound doctrine, healthy, holistic doctrine which is the message of Christ. And I would like to pray, Mr. Bush, for the brother who, for the, whose family is having yes, issues. issues. Father, we pray for that family right Amen. now, that healing comes to that family, Amen. that hope comes to that Amen. family. Whatever the enemy is doing to devastate that family, Satan, get your hands off Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we ask for a miracle for that family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Papa. Amen. Amen. And um, it's done. Okay, still from Potakot, um, Joy. Thank you for your teachings. My question, in the light of the following scriptures, Luke 22, 31 to 32, Hebrews 6, 4 to 6, Revelations 2, 11 and 3 and 5. Is it possible for someone to lose is our salvation? This is a question that has been... Uh, it's been reoccurring yeah, sure. because there's been a lot of wrong teaching sure. in that premise. Look, let me tell you, you don't own salvation. So there's nothing like your salvation. It is not your salvation. It is a salvation that Christ provided. If it is Christ who provided it, you can't lose it because you're not the one who provided it. John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. Jesus said emphatically and boldly, I give unto you eternal life and you shall never perish. No one can pluck you out of my hand. My father that gave you to me is greater than all and no one is able to pluck you out of my father's hand. Rehad Bonke, the evangelist, said it is called double protection. You have double protection in Christ. Hebrews 7.25, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The Bible tells us that salvation is purely of the Lord. Therefore, it is a gift, lest any man should boast. You don't lose salvation because you didn't afford it, you didn't acquire it. It was gifted you, and the one who gave it to you is the keeper brother paul said being confident of this very thing that he who began the work of salvation will be faithful to finish it however i recommend for you my teaching on can a believer lose salvation is 35 hours soteria season three soteria season three papa we're back in Akwaibum state okobo papa i'd like to thank you for your teachings papa is salvation divided into types is there anything like body salvation brother gideon etime house three power city international salvation is spirit soul and body because jesus died spirit soul and body so your body your spirit your soul have been bought with a price however your body is yet to experience full salvation that's what we call the rapture or the, re the resurrection of the body that's the last aspect of salvation that is yet to be completed in the believer the resurrection of the body 
Okay, quickly, Papa, there's an anonymous entry here. Hello, Father and Mr. Bush. My question is uh, that why, are we, why do we call our pastors uh, like Father or Papa while the Bible is against that? Are you yourself are calling Papa, Father? <laughs> okay, I'll come back to you in a moment. This is caller. Hello. I know, I know. Thank you for joining us. You know where you're calling from. Hello, my, my name is Steve. I'm calling from Lagos. Okay. Okay, Papa. Yes. You're blessed, sir. Bless you. Thank you for all that God is using to do. Thank you. We will return the glory back to God. Sir, that, 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 that man that called for Patakon, I was talking about uh, the message that the minister needs to preach. Based on what he said, I always like to, some of these ministers, those your complete messages that you see in the past, in the series like that. I think, I think maybe you should be referring them to these pastors because some of them, they're not really coming to this knowledge yet. And secondly, I always tell some of them that before you should come into this knowledge, you must go straight to the old and new covenant in Christ. Yes. Start from there. Yes. Because that is where people like me start from until I got the full epignosis in Christ Jesus. So, I think, Papa, maybe you should refer them to those your part of your series. I know that there's a too much messages that they cannot even exhaust it. True. Very true. Thank you very much. That's for ministers of the gospel who really want to preach the truth of the gospel. We recommend that you start from my teaching on the old and the new covenant in Christ. It's actually like old and new testament survey. You know, it gives you a picture of the entire Bible in the light of Christ. It makes your work very easy. It's about 36 hours of teaching. That's a good place to start. Okay, um, from Okobo, we're back in Uyo, the state capital. Moses writing, Papa, what did Moses do wrong that he could not see the promise? Papa, Moses is asking this question. Moses is asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Moses, mm. Moses didn't, was not interested in the promised land. Even though, you know, he sent them to the promised land. But he knew that there was a better thing than the promised land. So in Hebrews 11, the Bible says, Moses saw Christ. And because he saw Christ, he was no more interested in the promised land. That's what it is. Come on, Bong Johnny Yang is in Parenin. Greetings to you, Papa and Mr. Bush. Papa, I want to thank God for the boldness that I now have as a result of your teachings. I'm no more intimidated as a result of your teachings, which edify me. Papa, totally. Okay, today. Oh, this was written yesterday, July 30th. Okay. Uh, was supposed to be his birthday, and I need a word of prayer from you. It's still not too late. It's not too late at That's all. That's a, a come on. A come upon, we speak peace, we speak grace, we declare that this one year added to be a year of fulfillment, a year of satisfaction, and a year of growth in the knowledge of Christ. Your steps are ordered. Enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just Happy in time. Birthday. Amen. Yeah? Happy birthday, come upon. This caller, hello. I'm Victoria, calling from Akwaibu. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, Papa. I'm so delighted. I've been so blessed and been so victorious in your teachings. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, my question, number one question is, please, do we have any, any power city international branch at Eket? Yes, we do. We have a power city in Eket. We have a campus there. Okay. Yes. Okay, number two question is, please, what's the mystery of eternal work? The mystery of what? Eternal. Eternal. Eternal work. Yes. Eternal work. Eternal yes. work. Yes. There's no such thing in the Bible. 
Maybe somebody just said it to you to, to flabbergast your understanding. It's not in the Bible. There's only the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is actually the mosturion. It means classified information concerning Christ, and that is found in the Old Testament, which we have the apocalypsis of it in the New Testament, which is the revelation or the unveiling. If you read Romans 16.25, you will see it there. Romans 16.25, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. If you read, you will see that those mysteries there is talking about Christ concealed in the Old Testament, revealed in the new testament outside there is no other mystery don't let anybody you know wow your mind okay we we out um of aquaibum in a moment let me just say oh i'm told this is going to be the, the last um, phone call for this round hello my name is frank okay yes i want papa to explain more to explain uh, yes Yes, you are. Yes, I'm not satisfied with the answer. First Corinthians. So, uh, my question now goes like this. What of the situation a believer left the marriage because of ministry and thought that God is not connecting him with the present husband? Can we call that person a non believer or believer? Can the other party have the power to go and marry? That's my question, sir. Number one. Number two. Uh, first, uh, first Timothy 3 or 2 says, if any person desires the office of office, is there a desire or is there a calling? Hello, sir. Yes. Yeah, sir. that's my question. Okay, very good. Because the series I'm teaching is not marriage, so there is no comprehensive exegesis on marriage. Because that's not the focus of 30 days of glory. So that's why we're just giving you teasers. We're not giving you too much of explanation because there's no time for that. However, my advice to you is this. I have a 32-hour teaching on marriage. The entire concept of marriage. I will advise you to order for that series. You know, grace-based marriage is 32 hours. Then I have a book on understanding marriage, relationship, and family life. And it does exegesis on all those Corinthian chapters that deals with marriage, divorce, separation, and remarriage. Thank okay, you. Okay, Papa, the other caller called from Eket. So from Eket, let's just stole into Nsirubium. Glory, Michael Henry. Papa, thank you for the good work you're doing. God bless, uh, God bless Mr. Bush and you. Papa, please, if someone is not baptized in the Holy Ghost, then but he or she speaks in tongues. Does it mean the person is insulting the Holy Ghost and will not go to heaven? Papa, how can I speak in tongues? Because I really want to. Glory. Well, if a man is not born again, he can't speak in tongues. And any tongues he speaks is not tongues to be taken serious. You've got to be born of the Spirit for you to speak the language of the Spirit. So how do you speak in tongues? Well, it's just simple for us to teach you to know that, first of all, you have received the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you, and then the Spirit gives you utterance. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were together in one accord in one place, and suddenly there was a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Spirit will give you utterance, but you will have to speak. Now, to be able to have confidence, you need some level of teaching. My advice, send us a mail with your phone number, and a pastor in our office will call you and teach you so that you can have confidence in what you have received to express it. Pastor, sir, you said one, when one is saved, he's saved eternally.
Is there possibility of falling from grace? Can you please shed light on Galatians 5.4? I'm sure you've also answered this. Uh, well, Galatians 5.4. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are falling from grace. Falling from grace means to leave what Christ has done and go back to the law. To leave what Christ has done and go back to the law. You are falling from grace back to legalism. What that will do to you is it will not allow you to enjoy what Christ has done. It will give you a burden you cannot bear. It will make your life unbearable. You will find yourself guilty, full of sin, consciousness, and you will not live in victory like you are supposed to live in, in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to fall from grace. Dr. Ogoma Flicks, Papa, thank you for the marvelous teaching of the gospel. Papa, could you please explain gambling because the Bible condemns it? Is it not the same thing as Narabet and Najabet? Well, if the Bible condemns it, maybe you should do exegesis on that because I have not seen any form of condemnation. Nigerbet, whatever you call it, it's a personal, personal choice. It's what you want to do. It's like business. You know, uh, the Bible does not, does not tell you what business to do, what business not to do. It doesn't tell you, you know, so Nigerbet or MMM or Ponzi schemes or whatever you call them, they are purely your choice and if you choose to do them as long as you're not stealing from anybody you're not robbing anybody you're not depriving anybody it's what you feel like doing there's no condemnation if that's what you want to do but you must be careful because there are also consequences you must be aware of blessing in the boying your turn is next papa i got baptized in the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues but since then i only speak in church when the atmosphere is charged I notice it's been one sentence for a year now. Clarify me, sir, because I doubt if it's actually from God. Because you're always speaking when you have Moses' <laughs> charge. So that's why it's really one, one, one from time to time. <laughs> you're supposed to speak in tongues all the time. And the reason is because you do not know that the moment the Holy Ghost came inside you and you spoke that tongue, it is now yours. You keep speaking. You speak all the time. You speak every time you pray. Brother Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. When you start praying and speaking in tongues all the time, you'll find that it will go from one syllables to many, and you'll find yourself flowing. So again, you need teaching and confidence in what you have received. If you can, send us an email with your phone number. Our office will call you and we will help you. Desmond, Desmond is always on this show. I celebrate Papa for the enormous job he's doing for those of us who value him greatly. When Jesus was here, many failed to see the value in him. But for us, and especially for me, words do not fail me to describe what a blessing you've been to me. I love you effortlessly, my papa. Papa, I worry 30 days of glory is ending soon, and I'm doing everything to ask all the questions I need to do to, to, to with this, uh, within this priceless window. My questions, Papa, what kind of covenant was God speaking to Abraham about in Genesis 17:7, having been taught that God does not enter into covenant with mortal beings? Well, again, you know, in the Old Testament, God kept telling them about a covenant, and that covenant was a covenant in Christ. But it was a mode of communication. So God was keeping them aware of an, a covenant that he was going to make on behalf of man, which he himself would fulfill. So in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham began to doubt the promise. Abraham began to doubt. If you check Genesis 15, 1, 2, 3, Abraham said to God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? He was already doubting. And if you observe, there was something that happened in Genesis 15. God now told Abraham, take animals, let's go and make a covenant. And when they got there and there was that, that drama, that whole drama where Abraham fainted and never woke up till the whole thing was over. Because Abraham is not qualified to be in covenant with God. 
So when God now visited Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 to find out if Abraham was still doubting, God now said to Abraham, to find out if you are still doubting, if you really believe in what I have done, go and circumcise yourself. At the age of Abraham, to go and circumcise yourself, you must really, really believe in something. So Abraham circumcised himself with his children. So God knew that the fear of Abraham had come to a stable point. But remember that covenant, only God could have done it with God. So Jesus showed up in the New Testament to play man's part in the covenant. So that the covenant is between God and God, two immutable things. And that covenant was enacted by Christ on our behalf. So that's what God was communicating to Abraham in the Old Testament. This caller, hello. Thank you for joining us. Your name, where you calling from? Go ahead. All right, my name is Nasi. I'm calling from Alabama. Hello? Go ahead, we can hear you clearly. clearly. Okay. I, I appreciate what uh, Dr. Damina is doing. My question is uh, that from Romans chapter 8, 34, the Bible talks about Jesus being an intercessor. But the other day, Papa said that it doesn't mean that Jesus is in begging the Father every now and then. So what does it really mean? The intercessory ministry of Jesus is what Jesus has already done for us. All that he did in his death, burial, and resurrection was interceding on our behalf. Now, because he has risen from the dead, just being the mediator, his intercessory office is that he is the guarantee now for what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. Just him being there as our mediator is the intercession. He's not begging. He's just sitting there to guarantee what he has done for us in his dead burial and resurrection. Okay, let's go back to Desmond in Ogun State. It's a second question. Papa, why are we called the children of Abraham and Jesus called the son of David, even by Apostle Paul? No, we are not called the children of Abraham. Actually, the reason why you have that children of Abraham was, you know, Abraham as a pattern of those who are saved without works. Righteousness devoid of works. So since Abraham is the pattern, he's the one who set the pattern in Genesis 15 to be righteous, devoid of works. That's why we are called children of Abraham in that pattern, you know, following that pattern. Jesus is called the seed of David because he came through the lineage of David. Remember that, that, that entire Davidic operation was symbolic of Jesus sitting in the throne of authority on our behalf. Still from Desmond, sir, who actually are the 24 elders in the book of Revelation? Well, the Bible is very silent on it, so we are also silent, but we know that, you know, they are part of the makeup of the cloud of witnesses in heaven. Are angels created with a free will, just like men, wondering how Lucifer as an angel, as an angel, could take a decision outside the plan of God? Are angels created with a free will? Yes, angels have free will, that's why they could disobey. Sure they do. Okay. And that's why they are judged. Still from Desmond, since Satan does not create why did he get where did he get the angels that were disobedient with him and reserved in tartarus he didn't create them he just convinced them and took them with him in his rebellion and they all wanted to do what he wanted to do since they have free will so all of them teamed up together and rebelled and all of them fell together in the in the story of the man you know the healing of the man at the pool of bethesda in john 5 14 why did Jesus tell him afterwards to sin no more, else the worst thing will come to him? Uh, the sin no more there was simply, and after Jesus told him to sin no more, because you see, when you are in sin, you give the devil an, op an opportunity to mess around with you. 
So when Jesus was saying sin no more, actually he was directing him to believe in him. Because he is the one that takes away the sin and that is the cure to the sin. So it was a way of Jesus communicating to point the man to have faith in what he came to do on our behalf. Desmond concludes, you are continuously delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, Papa. As more and more doors are open unto you to reach the whole world in Jesus' name. Amen. Sir, happy with the differences between, it should be patients among Hades and Tartarus, Gehenna and Sheol. Well, that will lead a lot of exegesis, so that John just give you sharp, sharp. So, what I will advise you to do is Soteria season five. Soteria season five deals with Tartarus, Shoel, Hades, and all of that. Okay, Papa, we go back to Abuja now. Francis from Abuja, thank you, Papa, for accepting this mandate to liberate this generation as a body of Christ with sound doctrinal teaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. My question is regarding Romans ten nine to ten. So what about the Catholics that were not taught to confess Christ verbally and consciously even when the gospel was preached to them and they believed in their hearts, his death, burial, and resurrection, but never confessed him with their mouths verbally? Are they saved? Thank you. Well, I wouldn't want to specify. Sometimes I just try to stay away from putting tags on people. Anybody who does not confess Jesus with his mouth means he has not understood because once you believe in your heart, when something fills your heart, naturally it will come out of your mouth. So if they are not taught, they don't need to be taught. Once they believe, it will come out one way or the other. Okay, Papa, let's dash outside the country and we're going straight to Italy. And God bless you, sir. I'm a new follower of yours. I started following you, not up to a week now, and I've been so blessed listening to the message of Christ that you preach. Please, sir, I would like you to explain Matthew 6.33. My name is Marvelous. I'm in Italy. Seek first the kingdom of God. The word, the word first there means seek only. <laughs> Seek only, that's the meaning of first. Seek only the kingdom. The kingdom is Jesus. Seek Christ. And all the other things will be added. Because when you find Christ, with Christ, you have everything. Okay, Papa, let's dash to the United States. And it says, my name is, um, well, I don't know, in English, they pronounce it Jean. It's actually Jean in, in French. And he writes from um, Virginia, it should be, in the United States of America. I just recently started following your minister, the recommendation from a friend. I'm enjoying your teaching thus far, and I have a complex question, Papa. How do you reach out to Jehovah's Witnesses when they believe that Jesus is another God and they don't believe in the Trinity? When reading scriptures, it does at times appear as if God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are three separate individuals. How do we explain this mystery? Well, first of all, you, you know, with such people, not just Jehovah's Witness alone, anybody who doesn't believe in the humanity and the deity of Christ, you're dealing with Antichrist. So what do you do? You pray and pray, and then you take the scriptures and trust the scriptures because the scriptures, you know, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So you engage them. You keep, you keep persisting. You keep teaching. You keep praying. You keep teaching. You keep praying until they come to the truth. There are a number of Jehovah Witnesses right now that are following what we're teaching here, and they, are, they have come to the knowledge of the truth. A lot of them even following our ministry. So just have faith in the word of God and preach Christ. Anybody, just preach Christ. Christ will bring the people eventually to a place where they believe the gospel. Because you see, faith cometh by hearing. As you keep preaching Christ to people, faith comes alive. Let's dash out to the UAE. We just have one minute to do that flight. Mbu Hubert writes from Abu Dhabi, UAE. Special greetings to you, Papa, in the studio. And to you, Monsieur Bush. God bless you and increase your strength. Papa, you said Holy Communion is relevant to the church today. But when I was reading First Corinthians 11, I found that Apostle Paul gave counsel to the 
Christians in Corinth on how to take Holy Communion. Please, Papa, can you throw more light on this for better understanding? Well, Paul was not giving instructions on how to do the Holy Communion. Let me bust your bubble. There's nothing like Holy Communion in the Bible. Look through. If you find, call me and let me know where you found it in the Bible. There's nothing like that. There's Passover in the Bible. There's supper in the Bible. And there's breaking of bread. And three of them don't mean the same thing. They all mean different things. Eventually, the, you know, the Passover is a pointer to Christ. Many thanks. My name is Michael Bush. Everyone here joins me and the rest of the technical crew. Papa, we need to go. We love you guys. We enjoyed being with you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And remember, we'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, be blessed.